Enter, Lord Christ, we have joy in your coming. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You be seated, won't you? Beyond forgiveness, as beautiful and wonderful and amazing and necessary it is, the Christian faith is about a transforming friendship. And that's what I want to speak to you about today. For 84 Saturdays in the past year and a few months, 84 Saturdays, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Nancy and I turn on to a broadcast from Perthshire, Scotland, where our wonderful and delightful folk musician Doogie McLean gives a half-hour concert. He lives in Perthshire, Dunkeld, and if you ever want to watch a good folk singer, watch Doogie McLean. He's great. And he has a beautiful song about friendship, about the heart and meaning of friendship. And it's called, We Will Not Let Go. We Will Not Let Go. Listen to a couple of his lines here. I think they open up what friendship means. When it's time to bleed, then the ones you need are the ones who stand beside you. Not the ones you've seen fly away, but the ones who've grown with the peace that is deep within you. And I will not let go. No, I will not let go. When it's time to shout, let the anger out, let the feelings free and pass through, it's the ones who care who will still be there when the peace that's deep inside you. And we will not let go. We will not let go. We will not let go. Do you have friends who will not let go? Let me tell you about a story of a friend, a friend of mine, I made in Kansas City when I was serving at St. Michael and All Angels as their rector. We were at a wedding reception, and we had the opportunity to meet Glenn and Jerry Matthews. Glenn and Jerry were uh, extended relatives of the bride, and so we wanted to meet them, and we were talking with them over a wonderful glass of Chardonnay, and it was just a lot of conviviality. You know how wedding receptions are. It's a beautiful time, celebration, and we got to talking, and we had both lived in Colorado, so we realized we had that in common, so we started talking about the Denver Broncos, and uh, if you're a fan of the Denver Broncos, then you're a friend of mine. <laughs> if you're not, all bets are off. But anyway, um, then we kind of got around to the, the discussion about church. You know, I mean, here I am, a priest, and Nancy, we're standing there, and we asked them where they went to church, and they said, oh, we don't go to church. And I said, why? What, what happened, or why not? They said, well, we're both divorced people. And uh, the Roman Catholic Church excommunicated me. And there was this kind of frozen silence, you know, how that goes. It's like, wow. We haven't been to church since we got married. 
And Nancy, as you get to know her, is a very invitational person and warm. And she said, well, why don't you just come to church tomorrow? Tomorrow's Sunday. Come to our church. And they kind of looked at us like, are you kidding? We would be welcome in church? And they started to come. And we kicked up a great friendship with them. In fact, they were a hoot. Just a lot of fun. And we'd get together on Bronco Sundays and watch the game and lift a glass, and it was just great. And then we made our way to Italy on a vacation together, and we were renting a little villa in Tuscany. And I was there with Glenn in the kitchen, and I was cooking my, what I consider to be the best marinara sauce on the planet. You talk about ego and pride cooking marinara sauce in Italy. I mean, what was I thinking? I should have brought Tom Justice because he's a good cook, but anyway. But anyway. And he says, Rob, I gotta ask you a question, I gotta tell you something. And I thought, oh my, what's this? You know, because I could feel it. And he said, I, I, I'm ashamed to tell you this. I said, well, what is it, Glenn? He goes, well, It's about my son. He was murdered. And I have his ashes. I've had him for years. And I don't know what to do because the church would never accept my son's ashes. And, he, and he, just started, he just started to weep, you know, just opened up. And in that moment, it was hardly any effort for me to say to him, hey, Glenn, I got a great idea. Let's bury your son's remains at St. Michael and All Angels. We can do that right when we get back from Italy. And he looked at me and he said, I'm not worthy. I said, come on, you're worthy and so is your son. He's a child of God. I will not let go. That's what a friend is. Isn't it amazing that as we celebrate the great 50 days of Easter, we've been hearing of these metaphors of the resurrection. I am the good shepherd. I am the true vine. And today in the Gospel of John, he continues and makes this astounding statement. I did not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you, I have named you my friends because I've made known to you everything that I've heard from my father. My friends. What does God want? What is God's passionate desire in creating this beautiful, incredible universe? What does God want in creating the beauty of creation? What does God want? What's his passion in creating humanity, in creating you? What is it that God wants? Trevor Hudson, a great author and friend and pastor in South Africa, tells the story of inviting Archbishop Desmond Tutu into his church one Sunday. And 
Archbishop Tutu asked this question, why do you think God created us? And people gave responses, oh, this and this and this and this. And then Desmond Tutu answered his own question and he said, God created us not because God is lonely or because God needs anything, but because God loves and God wants you to be his friend. Now, if that does not blow your religion apart, I don't know what will. Beyond the forgiveness of sins is a transforming friendship. That's the heart and passion of God. You remember that story in the Old Testament after the fall of Adam and Eve when they thought that it would be you know, clever to become rivals with God and take things into their own hands. And then all of a sudden they realized what had happened and they were ashamed and scared and frightened. And so they hid themselves, hidden away. And we're told that God comes in the cool of the night and he's walking in the garden. And the first question in the Bible is uttered by God. Where are you? He didn't come and, you know, read them the riot act or judge them or condemn them. He wanted to restore the companionship and friendship. He was searching for them. Where are you? Have you ever asked that question? It's a good one because it changes all the time. But in our relationships and friendships with others and our relationship with God, where are you is the question. The searching love of God. God doesn't reject us. He doesn't give up on us. He doesn't say you're excommunicated, you can't come to the Lord's table. God doesn't say that. Humanity might, but not God. God comes looking for us pursuing companionship. And when you become friends and befriend someone, then they recognize this transforming possibility in faith. And Glenn and Jerry became deep and fast friends and active, engaged members of the congregation. And sadly, but for me, but wonderful for them, they are now in the full world of God. So what does God want? And then the second piece I want to share today is this, that we respond to God's desire for friendship. Jesus comes and opens our hearts to the reality of this God. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he's going around inviting everybody to dinner, inviting everybody to his table. Doesn't matter what you've done or where you're from. Just come and be with me in companionship and friendship. And then Jesus says, I call you friends. And if you will obey my commandment, you will be my friends. Well, what is the commandment? The commandment is love. If you're loved, you will love. That's what discipleship is. It's cooperative friendship. It's not this heavy thing. And in friendships, he goes on to say, just as much as the Father has loved me, there, that's how much I love you. What an equation. As the Father has loved Jesus of Nazareth, I love you with that same love. Get the hold of that. What makes for good friendship? 
Well, you know, there's this attraction and resistance in friendship, right? We're attracted to certain realities about people and that pulls us towards friendship in them. And then we have this kind of resistance, which is our part, which we say, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be too vulnerable. I don't want everybody to see my skeletons or my shadow or anything like that. So I'll just kind of hang back. And you know, when we hang back, when we withhold, when we keep secrets, it poisons friendship. Well, I can't tell God. Have you ever tried that? What is it that you won't talk to God about? God wants you to talk all the time with him. And if you share, God, this is who I am. I'm going to open it up. I'm going to let you know. You know what you're going to find? Freedom, healing, acceptance, and friendship. Let me close with this. I came across an icon. An icon is an artistic expression of a spiritual reality, right? And this icon was written in the 8th century in Egypt, in Coptic Egypt, okay? 8th century. And it's called Christ and His Friend. And it's, it's stunning. It's on, it's on display in the Louvre in Paris. And I just want you to kind of visualize it. Okay, so there's Jesus... And he's standing, and then there's this monk, and he's standing, and they're both facing outwards. Jesus has his arm around his friend. That's a stunning image. And if you look at their eyes, you'll see Jesus looking straight ahead, but one of his eyes, his right eye, is still kind of looking at his friend, keeping his eye on his friend. And his friend has got his arm around Jesus, and he's kind of keeping one of his eyes on Jesus, but he's looking forward. That's the kind of friendship it is. We keep our eyes on him, he keeps our eyes on us, but we're looking forward into reality of life. And then Jesus has no shoes on, but his friend does. As if to say, my friendship with you is a friendship that you need to share with the world. Bring God's dream into the world through my friendship the eyes of Christ, and the joy of friendship. So my friends, God will not let go. He'll never let go. Beyond forgiveness of sins, there is a transforming friendship. Amen.